DiscerningHearts.com, in cooperation with the Missionary Benedictines of Christ the King Priory, presents The Holy Rule of St. Benedict, a spiritual path for today's world, with Father Mauritius Vildi. Father Mauritius did his philosophical, theological, and doctoral studies in Rome. He is the author of numerous books, including I Want to Understand You, Encountering Foreign Worlds with the Little Prince, The New Image of God's Image, Meister Eckhart on Image and Theology, Peter and Paul, Models of Decision-Making, and On the Way, Benedict's Journey for Spiritual Maturity. Father Mauritius also serves as the prior of Sant'Anselmo in Rome. The Holy Rule of St. Benedict, a spiritual path for today's world, with Father Mauritius Vildi. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. Welcome, Father Mauritius. Welcome, Chris. You've helped us so much to see more than just a, I hate to just call it a simple biography of the life of St. Benedict. You've helped us to see it as a wonderful opportunity to learn and to grow today. Mm -hmm. Yes, the life of St. Benedict was really amazing, and it can be a model for all of us. And this is how Gregory the Great, the Pope, wants uh, to present Benedict to us. And as you read carefully, you can see that Benedict had to go through temptations and to, through uh, trials. As you remember, he had to decide against the will of his father and left Rome. He had to steal away from his nurse in order to be detached from the maternal part of his family. He had to overcome the illusion that he could just live by himself in the cave. He still would need communication and communion with Romanus, the monk, so he become de became detached from the fixation on detachment. And the last story we heard was about becoming detached even from what the church's uh, liturgies and teachings are in order to grasp from inside, more interior, what the mysteries of Christ are all about and the church's teachings is all about. And even this kind of sequence of stages of detachment um, have a meaning to it, as far as I see it. So in a way it becomes more and more difficult to become detached because, you know, to really see the mysteries of our faith from inside, this is a very intimate thing. And again, now we continue on this journey and see what is the next step that Benedict had to do on his journey into a deeper love to Christ and a deeper freedom. I read this to you, this chapter. At about the same time, some shepherds also discovered Benedict's hiding place. When they first looked through the thickets and caught sight of him, clothed in rough skins, they mistook him for some wild animal. Soon, however, they recognized in him a servant of God, and many of them gave up their sinful ways for a life of holiness. 
As a result, his name became known to all the people in that locality, and great numbers visited his cave, supplying him with the food he needed and receiving from his lips in return spiritual food for their souls. So what is going on here? The shepherds mistake Benedict for a wild animal. Isn't that interesting? How could this happen? I tell you. Because of his outer ex uh, appearance. Think about how he was living there. You know, he was there in the cave for, in the wilderness, for at least three years. So think about his clothes. His clothes, probably his dress from what he brought from Rome and from Norcia, they were worn out. So how could he, how could he make himself a dress? He would probably use the skins of, of animals. So this is why he was probably dressed with, with animal skins like John the Baptist in the desert. And we can imagine him probably with long hair. No haircut was possible at that point. And a long beard, I don't know. This is just my imagination. And he was running around in the bushes because he was maybe seeking for some food or so. This is why to the shepherds, Benedict appeared like an animal. There was something move, moving in the bush, so they were thinking, oh, maybe there's an animal. And then they saw, oh, no, it's a human being. It's a saint. It's Saint Benedict. Benedict, at that point, has reached the stage of detachment from culture. This is how I see this scene. What does culture mean? Culture and civilization, that means hygiene. That means dress code. That means all those things that society have agreed upon how to behave. You know, those things weren't important for Benedict anymore. Why, why, why should he care for those things? He only cared for God. Hmm, interesting. In a way, he, he went down, you could say, to a stage of an animal. Is this really something we should look for? <laughs> At least Gregory the Great, the Pope, mentioned, mentions this scene in this biography. It seems that this is an important step on Benedict's spiritual journey into freedom. He became free from the culture that he had learned and maybe was imposed on him in Norcia, in Rome. Living in the bushes, there was no need anymore to stick to these regulations. And now something very miraculous and wonderfully wonderful happens. The shepherds come and recognize in him the saint. And then St. Gregory says, they recognized in him a servant of God and many of them gave up their sinful ways for a life of holiness. Their sinful ways, in Latin, in the original language we read, bestiali mente, that means people with a beastly bestiali mind with a beastly mind in other words the shepherds were 
bestial, were beastly, whereas the beast, Benedict in the bush, in the cave, was holy. So very interesting. Not what you see, not the appearance really makes you holy. Even although the shepherd's task and job is it to bring culture, actually, and to herd animals, their heart is still bestiali. That means not on the level of a human or a saint. But the one who looks like an animal, he brings to them holiness in a very and a real human way and a holy way of life. This is a very paradox, a transformation and exchange here. They seem to recognize that in him, even though he had the appearance at first of in a, a beastly way. They came to appreciate his holiness. They could see it in him. And I think we, you know, even in our culture, we we recognize, we may not always reverence it, but you recognize holy when we saw Mother Teresa or even Pope John Paul, particularly in those last years. People knew you can recognize holy. Yes. But sometimes it's difficult because holiness does not always look um, as we have expected it. Mm. And this is what this chapter is about. Um, our culture um, asks us to match certain expectations to meet certain expectations. Uh, this is what we call culture. This is what you can expect. You know, if everybody would just do what he wants to do, that would be chaos. It's good that we have a culture that makes our behavior accountable and recognizable. <laughs> But if we go through the spiritual journey, at a certain point, we have to distance ourselves from the culture we have learned we have to become we have to become detached think about those countries in which christians fight each other think about what happened in ireland for many years think about what happened in kenya for example different tribes were fighting against each other and they were all christians this happened in the church's history over and over again, that Christians would fight against each other. And this is why they hadn't become deeply enough Christians. This is why they still were clinging to their cultural and tribal background. So as we are still attached to our culture, we are in danger not really to find God. And St. Benedict became able to shepherd all these different people in his community on the Monte Cassino. People, Roman people, Goths, free people, former slaves, old and young, because he had, on his journey, reached a point where culture was not as important anymore. We'll return in just a moment 
to The Holy Rule of St. Benedict, a spiritual guide for today's world with Father Mauritius Fildi. The St. Benedict Center, an oasis of peace in the midst of Nebraska's corn and bean fields, is a nonprofit ecumenical retreat and conference center founded by the missionary Benedictines of Christ the King Priory. As Benedictines, they share their hospitality and spirituality with those who search for personal and spiritual growth. They welcome individuals and groups of all Christian denominations as they seek God in a peaceful and quiet setting. They provide an atmosphere that is conducive to prayer, rest, and renewal for laity, clergy, and religious. The facility sits on 160 acres of farmland across the road from Christ the King Priory in Schuyler, Nebraska. They offer a place of retreat for seekers of God and for people who are tired of living in a noisy world and want to be alone in order to listen to the Lord. They invite individuals for private and directed retreats. They offer retreat programs that help to get in touch with the mystery of God within each person and in all reality. And they give guidance toward a healthy and more authentic spirituality, but also toward better self-knowledge and toward coping with difficult human situations. For more information about the St. Benedict Center, call 402 352 8819, or you can find them online at stbenedictcenter.com. Did you know that you can obtain a free app which contains all your favorite Discerning Hearts programs? Father Timothy Gallagher, Dr. Anthony Lillis, Archbishop George Lucas, Father Mauritius Fildi, and so many more, including episodes from Inside the Pages, can be obtained on the Discerning Hearts free app. This also includes all the novenas and devotionals and prayers, including the Holy Rosary and Stations of the Cross, the Chaplet of St. Michael, and the Seven Sorrows of Our Lady, all available on the Discerning Hearts free app. Visit the iTunes and Google Play app stores to obtain your free Discerning Hearts app today. Litany in honor of St. Benedict. Lord, have mercy on us. Christ, have mercy on us. Christ, hear us. Christ, graciously hear us. God, the Father of heaven, have mercy on us. God, the Son, Redeemer of the world, have mercy on us. God, the Holy Spirit, have mercy on us. Holy Trinity, one God, have mercy on us. Holy Mary, pray for us. Holy Mother of God, pray for us. Holy Virgin of Virgins, pray for us. Holy Father, Saint Benedict, pray for us. Father Most Reverend, pray for us. Father most renowned, pray for us. Father most compassionate, pray for us. Man of great fortitude, 
pray for us. Man of venerable life, pray for us. Man of the most holy conversation, pray for us. True servant of God, pray for us. Light of devotion, pray for us. Light of prayer, pray for us. Light of contemplation, pray for us. Best master of an austere life, pray for us. Leader of the holy warfare, pray for us. Leader and chief of monks, pray for us. Master of those who die to the world, pray for us. Protector of those who cry to thee, pray for us. Wonderful worker of miracles, pray for us. Revealer of the secrets of the human heart, pray for us. Master of spiritual discipline, pray for us. Companion of the patriarchs, pray for us. Equal of the prophets, pray for us. Follower of the apostles, pray for us. Teacher of martyrs, pray for us. Father of many pontiffs, pray for us. Gem of abbots, pray for us. Glory of confessors, pray for us. Imitator of anchorites, pray for us. Associate of virgins, pray for us. Colleague of all the saints, pray for us. Lamb of God who takest away the sins of the world, spare us, O Lord. Lamb of God who takest away the sins of the world, graciously hear us, O Lord. Lamb of God who takest away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. Intercede for us, O Holy Father St. Benedict, that we may be made worthy of the promises of Christ. Let us pray. O God, who has called us from the vanity of the world, and who dost incite us to the reward of heavenly vocation, under the guidance of our holy patriarch and founder, St. Benedict, Inspire and purify our hearts, and pour forth on us thy grace, whereby we may persevere in thee. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We now return to The Holy Rule of St. Benedict, a spiritual guide for today's world with Father Mauritius Fildi. Well, we've heard this story before in the life of the church, and of course the one that jumps out right away is St. Francis. But there have been many, many others that have been those, can we say, unexpected lights. Yes. You know, Saints that had have become outsiders and um, 
and also, for example, missionaries. All the missionaries had and still have to go through the same transformation. Because if you leave your country, if you go to a place where people speak a different language, you dive into a different and a new culture. And now the question is, what does Jesus, the Lord, really wants you to learn and also to convey to the others? If your religion, your spirituality is still entangled with your culture, you won't be a good missionary. You have to be detached from your own culture, knowing that God wants to be the Lord of all people around the world and of all cultures. He embraces all cultures. This is what Catholic really means. That does not mean that we shouldn't appreciate the respective cultures. They are very important. Our cultural backgrounds can be thankful for them, although they sometimes are not totally clean and, and healthy, so we should also criticize our own cultures. But no matter how to judge this, it is still important to reach this level that is kind of free from our cultural background and context. Certainly what the church does in the liturgy and in her rituals is all culturally determined and shaped because we believe in God who became man. So this is incarnation. Religion does not soar somewhere in the air. Religion is always concrete. It is inculturated. Um, but in order to see the Lord being inculturated in the respective different cultures, we have to find a stand that is kind of behind all cultures, if this is by any possible. I don't know if this is really fully possible. We, we still will act out of that those customs that we have learned, but um, a bit of this could be helpful and was at least helpful for St. Benedict. I'm reminded of a wonderful imagery that Archbishop Fulton Sheen used to describe a story about how uh, he used the imagery of mass, that we someone can have the mask, and it's a beautiful mask, and behind the mask is a horrible darkness. On the flip side, someone can have a grotesque mask, and on the other side of that mask is something that's quite beautiful. He said, at the time of when we are fully known by God, and when we are come face to face with him, he said, the masks come off. And what is revealed is, in essence, who we, who we have become behind the mask. And he said, you always have to watch out when he speaks about judging others. Be very careful because you're not quite sure what's hidden behind that mask. Oh, I love this thought. This is just wonderful. You know, it is also pretty exhausting to have your mask on all the time. But in front of God, we can be naked. 
we can show ourselves as we find ourselves as God has created us. We don't have to be afraid of this nakedness. This is in a way what Benedict discovered at this point. He regained some of his original vital power and and way of life. And think this is this is beneficial would be beneficial for all of us that once in a while we let this mask put this away maybe when we pray or in the liturgy. I tell you an example just comes to me. Um, it happened to me that I started crying during our office, during our prayer. And I was ashamed. I thought, mm, I, cannot, I cannot weep here. I cannot weep. But then I thought, why not? Why not? If God touches me in this way, isn't that wonderful? I make sure that kind of people don't see it so much because I don't want, you know, it's still my private prayer, but I let I let the tears run. It's actually a grace when we can when we can weep in prayer. I just mentioned this. This is the this what you said to put the mask down, you know. And God is not afraid of seeing us like this. He is not ashamed. If we feel shame, that is okay. But um, and this gives us a freedom. And that helps us also to see others, as you said, in a deeper way and not judge them only from this outer appearance. Final thought, Father Mauritius? Yes. We could ask ourselves, looking at our own culture, what do I love and what do I appreciate? Songs, meals, customs language, celebrations. Thank God for it. We could also ask ourselves, what do I see as problematic and worth to be improved or corrected? Ask the Lord for help. And finally, how am I dealing with immigrants or strange and unknown cultures and peoples? Do I enjoy learning from them? Do I see them as from God inspired as well? Thank you so much, Father Mauritius. You are welcome, Chris. You've been listening to The Holy Rule of St. Benedict, A Spiritual Path for Today's World with Father Mauritius Vildi. To hear and or to download this conversation along with hundreds of other spiritual formation programs, visit discerninghearts.com. You can also hear it on the free Discerning Hearts app available on the iTunes and Google Play stores. This has been a production of Discerning Hearts. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. We hope that if this has been helpful for you, that you will first pray for our mission. And if you feel us worthy, consider a charitable donation, which is fully tax-deductible, to help support our efforts. But most of all, we hope that you will tell a friend about DiscerningHearts.com and join us next time for The Holy Rule of St. Benedict, a spiritual path for today's world with Father Mauritius Fildi.